Oftentimes in sports, a player is held back. He's not thriving. He's not in the right situation, whether it's from coaches or teammates. There's just a situation where he's being held back. And then he goes to another team, and he starts to thrive. Sometimes in life, we're being held back by fear, by worry, by a number of other things that are preventing us from living the life that God has for us. So how do we move forward? How do we remove those barriers? Let's unpack it. This is the Unpacking It podcast, where we relate big sports stories to life and biblical truth. Our mission is to challenge, encourage, and inspire you to follow Jesus and become more like him with sports conversations that truly matter. That's what I'm talking about. Coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, I just want to want to thank you guys one last time for being here. It's the best day ever. Here is the president of Unpacking It Ministries, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack parallels, metaphors, and topics in sports that relate to life and faith. I'm Bryce Johnson, joined by Luke Heaton. On today's episode, we are unpacking the NBA playoffs a little bit. How about those Lakers? How about D'Angelo Russell? And this reality that he's actually, Russell, is thriving in L.A. This coming off of a you know short career where he's been traded all over the NBA. So what's different now? Why is he thriving now? And we will discuss what it means to be held back in life. And what would it look like for us to really thrive? Or what does it look like in your life? to really thrive and enjoy the life that God has in store for us, uh, both now and for eternity. Uh, so a lot to get into. Excited to be with you. Uh, be sure to check out our website, unpackingit.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday devotional. It goes out through email, and you can subscribe for free. If you already are a subscriber, send it to some people. Invite them to subscribe. Uh, we appreciate uh, your support there. Also, it is May, and that means we are months away from fantasy football season. Oh, yeah. So here at Unpacking It, we are back with Fantasy Football Fellowship, and that podcast will start coming out uh, pretty soon, probably mid midway through the summer. Uh, but now we already have membership open, especially for churches. So if you go to church somewhere and you want to bring Fantasy Football Fellowship to your church, we encourage you to check out fantasyfootballfellowship.com, fantasyfootballfellowship.com, and, and sign up, uh, be a part of what we're doing uh, with it through, throughout the fantasy season, and it's really designed for churches to, uh, to make uh, more of the fantasy season, to, to, to bring meaning and purpose to the fan fantasy season. So uh, a lot of fun. We're really excited about uh, everything we have going on with that this season. We are brought to you by Sugar Creek Coffee, SugarCreekCoffee.com. Be sure to use the promo code UNPACK when you order, and you'll save some money and let them know that you heard about them from us. At Sugar Creek Coffee, they specialize in handcrafted, small-batch artesian roasted coffee. And let's say hello to Luke. Luke was telling me before we jumped on, just got a fresh batch, two different kinds. What, what'd you get? Yeah, so uh, made sure to order two bags. Because, uh, like you said, the the box can handle two bags. So, 
save money on shipping, but got That's some right. midnight oil, the dark roast blend for Madeline. That's uh, what she loves. And I got another light roast from Rwanda. Haven't tried it yet. Uh, well, I haven't tried it previous, but this morning. You got it. It is delicious. So, And I always get a handwritten note or handwritten signature from Chris, which to me that means a lot. I don't know if that Personal means a touch. lot to you, but he roasts it. He takes the time to sign his name and say thank you. So always appreciate that. Absolutely. It's delicious. I was drinking actually out of my Sugar Creek coffee mug this morning. It's a great mug. It just makes the coffee even taste better. So um, so the combo, the Sugar Creek coffee with the mug, <laughs> also delicious. So uh, we appreciate their support, sugarcreekcoffee.com. Use the promo code UNPACK. All right, Luke, the NBA playoffs are really just heating up. Fantastic. A lot of great series. And the, the topic for today, I want to focus in on the, the Lakers a little bit. I, I am a Lakers fan. Uh, we'll talk about D'Angelo Russell, but, but we'll take a look at some other athletes and, and different sports and team situations where this concept plays out and then we'll relate it to our own lives. But D'Angelo Russell bounced around the league, Lakers to the Nets, to the Warriors, to the Timberwolves, back to the Lakers at this year's trade deadline. And earlier this week, he, he had an awesome game over the weekend, I guess it was, where you know, he lit it up. He got the, the Lakers off to a great start. When he starts, when he gets in the zone, he can knock down some threes and mm -hmm. has really been a key scorer for them. You know, LeBron and AD can both score, and at times LeBron can be a good shooter. You know, AD is not necessarily a three-point shooter. So Russell has come in and filled a key role for the Lakers. They needed shooting, and he's been that guy for them. And he can create shots as well. Off the Definitely. dribble, his create his own shot, isolation player. And so, you know, Minnesota, where he was previously, it's a tough place to play. They haven't had a lot of winning there. This year was a little bit better for them, but uh, after the Rudy Gobert trade. But Russell didn't necessarily fit in there fully. He was doing okay. But here in an interview with The Athletic, uh, he talked about that situation in Minnesota compared to here or there in L.A. And he goes, how much am I enjoying this? I felt like I was held back there. Honestly, I just kind of had to be the third option. Some nights I was a little more aggressive and was kind of being held back. So to be in a position now where I can kind of thrive and be aggressive and it gets guys going and where the team reflects off of anybody with that type of energy, it's fun. And so what really stood out to me about this, you know, he's thriving in LA. The team's winning ever since that trade deadline. A couple different players came in, mm -hmm. but, but Russell was the key piece. They, the team has thrived and he's individually thrived. Doesn't mean that he lights it up every game. Doesn't mean he makes every shot. Doesn't mean everything's perfect. But he's in a situation where he's no longer being held back. He can be the player that he knows he's capable of being. And really, the Lakers are maximizing who he is and what yeah. he's capable of. Yeah, it's been it's been great to watch the. I mean, it was doomsday to the first half of the season for your Lakers, and now <laughs> it's man, they're fitting together well. Up three one now on the defending champs. Very impressive. You know, thinking about this topic, I was thinking about, you know, there are plenty of other situations, other examples of players who just needed a different situation. Sometimes it's teams need a couple new players. But I think of Matthew Stafford for years, lighting it up with the Lions. But the team just wasn't good enough for him to get it done. He goes to L.A. Now he's got really good talent around him, good coaching staff. And then win a Super Bowl. 
Yeah, I mean, he's certainly still through picks and had bad performances or bad moments, but ultimately, he wasn't being held back by an inferior team. That's right. I was also thinking, maybe this is a little bit of a stretch, but a guy like James Harden, mm. third option on that OKC team that went to the finals and lost to LeBron and D-Wade's Heat. I looked it up. He was averaging around 16 points a game. Goes to Houston, immediately averages 25 points a game. MVP candidate. It's like, wait, why did the Thunder give this guy up? Well, no one really knew what he was capable of. We knew he was good. I mean, he was a, a, a near-the-top draft pick. But he needed that new situation to really thrive and to really show, no, I'm good, but not just good how you think I am. I have the capability of being incredible. And that Houston James Harden showed us that what I showed in OKC wasn't my ceiling. So maybe it's a stretch, but I thought of no. him as a guy that a new situation immediately went to the next level. Absolutely. That's a great example because he was held back because of the, you know, the, the makeup of the team. And, and so when we look across sports, sometimes it's based on the teammates you're surrounded by and you're not able to thrive with who's around you. You're also sometimes not able to thrive within, you know, kind of the system that, that, that the coach has set up. I would say in New England, you know, some guys really work out there and, and they thrive while other times certain players are held back in New England. They go somewhere else and then they thrive mm-hmm. and, and vice versa. And so it's getting that right fit and, you know, team, teammates, player. And then when you see it, you see, wow, this team is really thriving and this player is really thriving in this situation and he's no longer held back. And, and so when it comes to our own lives, a lot of parallels here. And, and I think for all of us, we have to evaluate, okay, am I thriving in life? What does thriving mean? What, is it, what does it look like? And when have the seasons of life that I can maybe look back and go, man, I was really thriving then. What about that? And, and then also, as I look across my, my life, in what areas am I holding myself back or am I being held back by, you know, sometimes outside circumstances or forces or whatever, uh, you know, bosses or whatever, that may be part of it. But for us today, even even more specifically, from a spiritual standpoint, what's holding us back? Is it fear? Is it worry? Uh, what what comes to mind initially for you, Luke, as you think about being held back? Yeah, I think for me, uh, I mean, certainly fear, worry, uh, <laughs> for the rest of our lives, we're going to wrestle with uh, moments, seasons of that. But, you know, preparing for this show, I was really reflecting on, I think you asked the great question on when was I thriving and what was really leading to that? Mm. And for me, I think I really thrive when I have close gospel-centered friendships with other guys in my life. Mm. I think back to college, um, entered college, kind of passively following the Lord, um, and then God really showed me through older guys and through other putting other guys around me that were really sold out for their faith, hey, this is what it means to follow Jesus actively, intentionally uh, each day. And it, it took me to my sophomore year of college. Freshman year, I kind of kept to myself. But sophomore year, God really surrounded me with great guys who ended up becoming, to this day, still some of my closest friends. And it was when I was surrounded by 
great friends, gospel-centered friendships where we could be vulnerable with each other, we could share what's difficult, we could share praises, enjoy hanging out together, and that deeper friendship, that's when I began to really thrive in my faith because I had people walking alongside me, spurring me on, encouraging me, challenging me. Mm. And that is when I'm really buying into that, whether it's now in Fort Worth, whether it was in college or in the future, God really uses that to help me thrive in following him. Amen. And and what a great example. And, and even you know going back to, okay, D'Angelo Russell is surrounded by somebody like LeBron James and Anthony yeah. Davis. Yep. And, and so you know, those two guys who have been there, done that, won a championship and know what it takes and know how to make the most of, of their teammates or get the most out of their teammates other than Russell Westbrook, which is another story. But, um, <laughs> but, but LeBron especially has been able to do that over the years, almost yep. every, almost everybody. But and, and that's his reputation. Players that have played with him, they can't stop talking about how much of a genius he is, how much he knows the other team's plays how much he elevates the games of those around him. A guy like Austin Reeves, a, LeBron elevates Austin Reeves. And LeBron no talks about, yeah, when Austin came to the NBA, I knew he was a guy that could really fit my game well. Austin Reeves is better because he plays with LeBron. That's right. And, and so to your point, yeah, who, you know, who we surround ourselves with and, and really invest in those in those relationships, because it, it helps us thrive. Yeah, because we can, I would even say this, Many we can have a lot of friends and acquaintances, but still be lacking in true friendship mm. and true true gospel centered friendship where we can say, That guy knows me mm. because I've opened up my life to him. Mm. I know him. I know how to encourage and challenge him. And that's really meaningful because we can be really lonely in regards to that, even though we may know a lot of people. But these people actually don't know anything about us outside of we watch a game together or I wave to you and I go get my newspaper or something, mm. if that even happens anymore. No, Luke. Nobody's <laughs> going to get their newspaper at the end of the road. I'm sorry. It's a sad day, but that's not happening anymore. But but I think the, the, the topic today, as far as what's holding you back, that's a good question when it comes to relationships. What's holding you back from finding those relationships, investing in those relationships and friendships with other you know, guys, as you know, we're talking about guys here, but uh, that that you are following Jesus together, and and so okay, what's holding us back? Well, is it is it fear? Is it the you know insecurity? Is it um, uh, an un you know just kind of an un unwillingness, or you 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 know we don't see the value, and so that's holding us back, and so evaluating that as well, I think is is key. So if you want to thrive, friendships are key. Okay, well, what's holding you back from those friendships? Identify that and then ask God to give you the, the strength and kind of the path forward to overcome some of those, some of those obstacles and, and things that are holding you back. Um, so a couple other things to, to consider in, in life. I think oftentimes we have a vision for our life. We have desires that God has put in us, marriage, career, uh, as a parent, some of these things that we we want to see happen, but they're not happening. We're not thriving in, in maybe one of those areas. And again, what's holding us back? What's holding us back from pursuing the marriage that that we really 
desire and know that God is calling us to? You know, what's holding us back from really thriving in our job and, and allowing God to use the gifts that he's given us, which we talked about last week or the week before a little bit along those lines, but, but really using the gifts that, that God has equipped us with for his purposes. So we're not thriving because we're not using his gifts in the way that he designed us for him. So we're, we're out of our, our sweet spot and we're, we're frustrated and discouraged and we're not thriving. In, in that area of life. So what, what's holding us back? Is it fear of, of, of leaving? Is it fear of changing? Is it fear of speaking up? Um, you know, th- what's holding us back? And, and in some ways we're, we're stuck in Minnesota, like, uh, like <laughs> D'Angelo Russell was stuck in Minnesota. We're stuck in a place that it's time to move forward. It's time to take that step of faith. And so what's, what's holding us back from taking that step of faith and, and if that is the case, you know, we, there's fear, worry. We got to ask God to help us overcome that. And so uh, a key verse is, uh, let's see, in Luke 17, 5, it tells us, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith, our ability to confidently trust in God and his power. And so when fear is holding us back, what a great prayer. Actually, I don't know if I've read that before. It didn't click to me like it did yesterday when I put this together. Um, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith, our ability to confidently trust in God and his power. That's the amplified version. So uh, as far as kind of different areas of life, Luke, when it, when it comes to hold, holding us back, what, what else jumps out to you? Yeah, I think uh, you know, certainly trusting in the Lord. Um, especially in regards to not knowing what the next step is or not knowing how to understand a current season we're in. Mm. Um, you know, we have, <clears throat> there's another uh, verse that is important where I know James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, um, he is to ask our God who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke or blame, and it would be given to him. I think it's, it's easy to navigate situations in life how the world wants to, rather than navigating with the wisdom that is from God. Mm. You know, uh, a commentary from Dr. Thomas Constable, he has a, a helpful quote about this verse. He talks about, the Christian is apt to take the world's attitude toward his or her trials rather than God's and try to escape them at any cost. One evidence of this um, is that, I mean, there's many evidences that sometimes Christians are navigating how the world navigates rather than using the wisdom God God gives us. We're constantly feeling tempted to, you know, earlier in James, or in the book of James, it talks about consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. How tempting is it to consider it sorrowful when you experience trials of many kinds rather than enduring trials? We try to escape trials because we want to avoid pain. We all hate pain. We want to avoid suffering, want to avoid challenging things rather than take it head on, asking God to give us wisdom. God, how do we endure this? God, how do we navigate this? You promised to give us wisdom. But we're constantly being tempted to just, oh, I just want to escape trial. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to endure. I don't want to suffer. Uh, so for me, I really think of that uh, because all of us are going to experience hardships things that we're called to endure. 
difficult suffering, however you want to think about that. And we need to be able to approach God and ask Him for wisdom to get through it, rather than just trying to escape it at all costs, which leads to sin and rebellion, which then leads to even more hardship and suffering. Well, I think that's a great point, because when we think of the word thriving, and you know, we're looking at D'Angelo Russell and, and his comment, he's, you know, things are really clicking and rocking and rolling, they're winning games in, in L.A., and when it comes to the, the life of a believer and following Jesus, we absolutely go through those seasons of pain and trials and, and all of that, that, the difficulty of life. What if we actually thrived during that season? And it may look a little bit different than what we think thriving is. Sometimes mm-hmm. for me, you know, I'm, I'm thinking thriving when it's like momentum and, and God's answering prayers and doors are opening up and I'm rocking and rolling and, and all that. But what if we actually were thriving in our understanding of who God is? We were thriving in our dependence on him. You mentioned the word endure. We were thriving in, in endurance and perseverance during those, those difficult times. And so I, I believe that, that we can thrive in, in all seasons. And that goes back to you know, Paul talking about contentment. And, and so contentment and thriving go, go together. Um, yeah. I think so- that's a great point on, you know, God constantly turns on its head the world's wisdom and what makes sense, and it's actually the other way around. But what, you, what you're saying about, you know, thriving might be different than what we think it is. So I, I may have said this before on a previous episode, but Madeline and I are going through like a marriage mentorship with an older couple in our church. And last week we were talking about, or our mentor couple was talking about how pursuing your marriage and the health of your marriage is really important. And I can't remember what the quote was from the book we're going through, but it basically was saying, if everything around you is going amazing and your marriage is struggling, the, all the good around you isn't even worth it. It's not, it's not good because mm. your marriage is struggling. But if everything around you is going awful, however that may seem, but your marriage is rock solid, you're way more fulfilled and satisfied because that's way more important. So I guess similarly, when our relationship with God, when we're fellowshipping with Him, we're in His Word, we're in prayer, we're serving, uh, we are prioritizing following Jesus, and there's suffering we're experiencing, we're still thriving. Mm. Even though someone might look in at our life and say, gosh, they must be sad all the time, they must be really struggling and maybe we have moments of that, but overall, no, I'm thriving because I'm walking with God right now. Mm. Though there is suffering, though there are trials to endure, I'm still thriving because I am, am walking in step with the God of the universe. And if that's not worth giving up for uh, worldly thriving, and I'm not walking in step with God. Mm. So what's holding us back from that kind of thriving? And, and I think oftentimes we, you know, we, we tell ourselves that, wow, this is a really bad situation, so I should be upset and discouraged, and we buy those lies. And, and so we end up, yeah, we're, we're held back from really moving forward, and we're, we're, we're stuck in our, our mess. We're, we're stuck in the, uh, just the same place in life versus 
no, how, how is God moving me forward and, and using this uh, for his purposes to change me, to grow me? Um, and, and I think, you know, I guess I should have said this earlier, but this whole idea of, of thriving is rooted in, you know, the life of Christ, the, the, the life that we have in him, both now and eternity is it, it's, it's rich and full and abundant. And, and as you've maybe heard and uh, said before, but John 10, 10, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. And Jesus says, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. And so a thriving life is not a thriving life apart from him. That's, mm-hmm. that's temporary. That's uh, surface level. But when we talk about deep, soul-satisfying life and real thriving, where we're, we're using the gifts God has given us, we're fellowshipping with meaningful relationships, we're serving God in you know, purposeful ways, we're, we're pointing other people to him. We're, we're, like you mentioned, we're fellowshipping with God and spending quality time knowing him, learning about him, uh, deep, intimate conversations with him, walking by faith, step by step, walking in the spirit. That's the thriving life, and it's found in Jesus, and he came so that we could experience that life, mm-hmm. regardless of the circumstance that we're in. There is a thriving, abundant life available to us now, and it lasts through eternity, and Eternally, eternity will be much better than what it is now, but there is a thriving, abundant life available to us, and it's in Jesus. That's it. Yeah. It's one of those, again, one of those many tensions. How can I be joyful in suffering? How can I be joyful amidst difficult circumstance? Well, the reality is if we're connected to Jesus, we have the greatest thing, so we can rejoice, even though other things may be crumbling, may be difficult to go through. We have the greatest thing which is relationship with Jesus, therefore we can count it all joy. We can be joyful. We can rejoice amidst difficult hardships and circumstances is because the greatest thing we could possibly have, Jesus, we have and we're anchored to. And that it's hard to remember sometimes, hard to really rejoice, which is why we have to ask God, God, help me rejoice because I have the greatest thing rather than get bogged down and these other things around me that I may not have. And, and we get held back from, from experiencing that. And, and so, again, each of us has to identify what is holding us back from taking hold of the invitation that, that Jesus puts in front of us. One, for us to, to follow him, to experience salvation, uh, but then also to, to experience him and the abundant life that is found in him. And, and so... For, for us, you know, I, I think being held back prevents us from experiencing freedom and walking in confidence. When we walk in confidence, we walk in faith, a, a freedom in, in the sense that God's got me. I, I, I'm, I'm free in, I'm, I'm free from the bondage of, of sin. And so if we're being held back by, by repetitive sin, then we're not experiencing the abundant life. Where, where you know, the bondage, the, 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 the sin that's really clinging tightly to us, that, that's, that's holding us back. And we need to experience the freedom from that. And in Christ, there is freedom available to us. 
And, and so we have to surrender. We have to let go. We have to trust in his strength and his, his supernatural power to, to free us from whatever's holding us back. Stepping forward in faith, stepping forward in, in holiness as we pursue you know, the, the, the life that he calls us into. And, and so we want to walk forward in freedom, confidence, and, and joy. It, it is available to us, but, mm-hmm. but we, we, we hold ourselves back. We allow other people to hold us back. We allow the enemy to hold us back. All those things that are, that are at play in this broken world. And things will never be perfect. Not everything is going to go exactly our way, but we can thrive. We can experience the abundant life in the midst of it all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but to hinting on what or hitting on what you were saying, you know, unconfessed sin, unforgiveness are That's certainly right. things that hold us back from, from thriving. Yeah. I, I, I've experienced that seasons where I've had unconfessed sin, um, you know, for various reasons. I don't want the, the embarrassment of confessing or the shame, or I don't want to be rejected or judged. Ultimately, they're all faulty because God is faithful to forgive. You know, First John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, he will forgive you. Um, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, First John uh, 1, 9. And if I've surrounded myself with godly friends, they're going to receive me because they've received the grace of God, mm. and they're not going to cast me out, banish me. There's a lot of lies we believe, but ultimately holding on to not showing someone forgiveness causes bitterness to dwell in our hearts. That doesn't allow us to thrive. Holding on to unconfessed sin certainly doesn't allow us to, to thrive. Justifying rele- we have to sin. release those. Yeah, justifying sin and saying, ah, it's not that bad. It's not... Yeah. But when we actually agree and confess and, and repent, Ah, then we experienced freedom and, and we're able to, to move forward and thrive. Yeah. Um, you know, other things for me as we, as we wrap things up, you know, sometimes I allow the, the fear of failure to, to hold me back from taking steps of faith or sometimes even the fear of success. Then what happens if things actually do work out how I, how I want them to? And so I almost hold myself back from even taking those, those, those steps of obedience. Um, sometimes I, I'm held back by what other people might think. And, and so that's concerning. Sometimes I, I hold myself back by playing the what if game. Hmm. Well, what if they say this or do that? Or, oh, I don't know. And so then I, I don't step forward in, in life, right? I don't uh, go all in on all that God's calling me into and, and living that, you know, sold out, all in, surrendered life. There, there are certain things I cling to or hold on to and, uh, and hold myself back. And so today, the encouragement is let, let's thrive. Let's thrive and, and ask God to remove those things, help, help us to, to, to open up our hands and, and let go and, and say, God, I'm, I'm yours. Take me where you want to go. Use me how you want to use me and, and, and help me to be surrounded by the right teammates so that I can thrive and, and in the right you know, system, which is God's system. So let, let's, let's remain in that system where there's such freedom in that. D'Angelo Russell alluded to that too, that there's freedom in that Lakers system for guys to step up, like we saw the other night, Lonnie mm-hmm. Walker to step up. And so in, the, in the, the system that God's given us to say, you know, he's given us parameters and, and commands for our protection, for our good, but there's so much freedom in that. We, too many yep. people view that as not, as not freedom, but no, 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 that is freedom. It's a wonderful gift yeah. uh, that, that we, can, we can live out of. I, uh Jonathan Pakluda, pastor in, in Waco, 
he has this one, <clears throat> maybe it's not a quote, but illustration analogy where he talks about how people think that God puts all these rules on you and you can't be free to do what you want to do. Well, in reality, it's those without God are not free to say no to sin because mm. we are born in sin. We're in bondage. We have no freedom to do anything outside of sin. When we're given the Holy Spirit, now we have the freedom to say no to sin and to walk with God. Being attached to the only one who is free, who is God, he has the freedom to do anything he wants to according to his will. Being attached to God means we are free. Mm. We've been given the Holy Spirit to have freedom from sin, the freedom and the power to say no to sin. Mm. So that's that's actual freedom, not this fallacy that, oh, God doesn't let Christians have fun, or God puts all these rules on you. No. Read the scriptures. Please talk to a Christian who is walking with God. True freedom is in Christ, not this fallacy that, oh, yeah, I, I can't do whatever I want anymore. Well, how did that, how's that turning out for you? Because that's actually being a slave to sin. That's, that's not right. freedom. That's holding you back from the abundant life, from, the, yes. from, from really thriving uh, in Christ. And, and so lastly, let, let me share this, 2 Corinthians 5.17 in the Amplified Version. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit, the old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. And so whatever you know used to hold us back, whenever we were stuck in Minnesota like D'Angelo Russell and you know whatever coaches were holding us back, whatever was holding us back, there is new life in Christ. The abundant life, new life, that's what we have available to us. And, and so we, we move forward from the old things that, that held us back. And so let, let's keep moving forward. Um, in, in him. And so uh, that's the encouragement for us today. I know it's challenging to me because I've allowed certain things to, to hold, hold me back. Old mindsets, old behaviors, uh, you know, the fear of this or that. We got to let go of those things and ask God to really meet us in that and, and, and replace it with faith. Ask him for faith. Ask him for wisdom. He gives those things to us. Ask him for strength. He gives us all of it. It's available to us. We got to ask. We got to go to him. Can't do this on our own. That's for sure. We can't, we can't you know, break the chains on our own. That's by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I could go all day. We'll, we'll <laughs> stop there. We'll, we, got, we gave you a lot to unpack. Let us know if you have any questions. Bryce at unpackingit.com. Enjoy the NBA playoffs. I'm pulling hard for my Lakers. So uh, way to go. D'Angelo Russell, uh, key contributor. But we'll see. Game, uh, let's see. game five coming up. So at the, at the time of this, this recording. Uh, so. Thank you to Luke. Great insight from him. Thank you for listening. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It Podcast.